Well, good morning. Merry Christmas, everybody. I want to welcome those of you who are in the chapel right now or warehouse or maybe in an off-site campus or on the internet. Uh, we're glad that you guys are with us. I'm so excited. I love Christmas. I'm just like a little kid. Man, this is my favorite services of the year by far is Christmas Eve, and it better be because I'm preaching seven times, okay? So, <laughs> so you guys help me out, all right? This is an early service, and so we need feedback. Y'all can't be asleep. Everybody awake? All right, so every family has traditions um, at Christmas time. We all have them. And one of ours uh, is uh, we take all of the kids, and we have lots. We have four kids and 14 grandkids, and we, we go to James Island County Park. Anybody do that here in the Charleston area and see the Christmas lights? But we're not there for the lights. We're there for Santa Claus, okay? Just, the, and, you know, don't throw rocks. I really don't care what you think about that. That's what we do. We're there for Santa Claus. Been going eight years, and the, the, the Santa Claus you take pictures with, and that's kind of our Christmas card, get all the kids together, you know? And, um, they put Santa clear at the back part of the park, and, and the lines are long. I mean, if you have kids, you know the lines are long. And so we've, we've got this thing rigged. We, we figured it out. We go to a gate right by Santa. We bring our own pizza. It's like we raid a whole pizza hut, you know, get all the stuff in there. We have a little party, and then we jump in line right away. We're one of the first ones in line. And I want to apologize. I saw some of you in line behind us, and uh, that's not a fun thing because we have four families, but then when the four families are done, we rush Santa, and we put everybody up there. And so here is our picture this year of 14 grandkids. And what was amazing about this is that um, we didn't have a meltdown this year. First year, eight years, nobody melted down. And look at this, everybody's looking at the picture, right? Everybody's looking at the photographer and smiling. You say, how do you do that? We just have perfect family. That and Photoshop uh, will, will get you, that's just about three different pictures put together. That's what Papa does. But anyway, that's the family. And can I tell you? that the parents are there for the picture. The kids don't care anything about the picture. Here's what the kids are there for. This is one of the families, and they'd already taken the picture. I'd snap this, and they've got their wish list out here for Santa, okay? And they're going over it, and you wouldn't believe how serious they were in this whole thing. They were just going over their, their, their wish list, and this is what I want, and all of this kind of thing. All right, so let me ask you. How many of you have a Christmas wish list? Okay, now you've got a list. Okay, I'm gonna give you another chance to be honest. But you've got a, everybody's got a list of people you buy for, right? And how many of you, have, you've already knocked it all out, okay? Good for you. How many of you are just getting started today? It's, you, you know, you're gonna <laughs> knock that thing out. Yeah. Okay, so, but, but what about the other list that we don't like to talk about? And that's what we want. Do you have a Christmas wish list? I'm just gonna be honest with you, I do. Um, because the way we do it in our family is, uh, you know, everybody draws names because there's so many, except for they all get me. It's good to be king. <laughs> How many of you know that? It really is. King and queen, we get a gift from everybody. And so we want to keep that small, so they do about a $25 deal per family. And uh, so here's what I thought this year. They always ask me, what do you want, what do you want? So I went to Lowe's and took my camera and just took pictures, okay? And it, I got the whole thing, $24.95, this is the deal. And then when I sent them my list, I said, don't variate from the list. Don't try to get creative. Go exactly there and get exactly what I've got because I don't want cheap stuff. I've looked it out because they'll screw it up, right? They will screw it up if you let them 
do that. So we all have, some of you are shaking your head thinking, I thought you were better than that. No, I'm just being honest. It's just the way it is. And if you had an opportunity to be real honest, you'd say the same thing. Now, th this was interesting. This was the most popular. Whoa, how did I do that? Can you guys help me? Let's pick this one right here. How's that? Oh, there we go. Look at that. So, <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to be glad you're here at the first service in the morning. Okay. <laughs> so, so this is the 216, 2016. <laughs> Let's start over. Okay, can we start over? Good morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Welcome, campuses. And this is the 2016 most popular Christmas gifts in every state. And I thought this was interesting. Here's California, Arizona. It was a skateboard last year. Uh, I don't know what Alaska had, but it looks interesting. A lot of people had iPhones or uh, gadgets. Uh, Louisiana had evidently pajamas of some kind, which I don't know what's up with that. But look at Alabama and South Carolina. We just want shoes, okay? Just <laughs> shoes. Just give us I thought that was funny. Not so much, okay? That, that might not make it to the next service, okay? So, so let me ask you this question. Number one, does God have a wish list for you? Does God have a wish list for you? And if he does, what's on it? What is God's wish for you on his wish list that you could give him for Christmas? What's on it? You know, some people would say, well, you know, he probably does, and he probably wishes that I'd get my act together a little bit this Christmas season. Or maybe this next year I'd get some freedom from, you know, addictive cycles and behaviors, or maybe get control of my emotions. I know how much that kind of impacted relationships this year. And maybe that's what God wants for me, or maybe it's that I swear a little less, you know, this year, and so I make a commitment at the first of the year to doing those kind of things. You know, all of those things are good. They're all about doing better and being better. But I honestly think that God's a lot less uptight about some of those things than we are. I don't think they're on his list. In fact, I think there's only one thing on God's Christmas wish list for you, and that's, well, let, let me show you what I think it is. Uh, there's a scripture in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9, which shows the heart of God. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending, say sending. sending. What do you send? A gift. By sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. So here's, here's God's wish list for everybody in this place, everybody online, wherever you happen to be, is that he wanted to live forever with a family, forever. Family's a big deal with God. And he wants you to be a part of his family, and not just here, but eternally, forever. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make that possible. It's God's gift to us. He sent it. But on his wish list this year is that you receive that. That you receive that. That you open that gift. That you receive that gift. Now, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, and Isaiah uh, was born hundreds of years, hundreds of years before Jesus uh, ever came onto the scene. And this is a prophecy about Jesus, and it says this. For to us a child is born, 
To us, a son is, there it is again, given. It's a gift. He is a gift. Child is born, speaking of Jesus in Bethlehem, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder. So God outlines again that his wish list for you is that you receive the gift of his son. Here's interesting. Here's what I want to kind of focus on today. And he will be called four names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Why four names? I have three, right? My names aren't as significant as his. These names represent aspects of Jesus' character. And I, I like to think of them as there's one gift, Jesus Christ, but there's, there's kind of benefits of that gift, benefits of his character. So for the next just 10 minutes, I want to break down for you a little bit of what that means for everybody in here. And I, I want you to, as we go along, maybe focus on one of them that might speak to you this Christmas, all right? So here we go, here we go. The first one and name is Wonderful Counselor, and that's for the decisions in life, I have a wonderful counselor. For the decisions in life, I have a wonderful counselor. Could anybody here use some wisdom on a decision maybe that you've got coming up right now? Anybody else? Three people? Two right here in this? I'll just preach to you. <laughs> Smile real big and give me some feedback. Yeah, decisions. We all have decisions every day. You know, in the words of the great theologians, the clash, should I stay or should I go? <laughs> kind of a ripple of laughter. That one may, may make it next service. What about the job? Got a job offer? You know, it's going to require moving. Do I take it? Or, you know, what are the unintended consequences of that? What, what do I not know? You don't know what you don't know. Should I stay? Need wisdom. Do I fight for this relationship? Or do I let it go? Is, is, it, is it over? Um, should I make this investment or not? Is it too late to invest in Bitcoin? <laughs> Maybe a more important question, what is Bitcoin exactly? <laughs> There's a great scripture that relates to this. James chapter one and verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and you know, just gotta be honest, we lack wisdom. When you're in a decision-making process, you try to get all the information that you can, but there's a, there's a gap between what you know and what you really, there's this unknown. And he says, if any of you are there and you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Sometimes we don't get what we ask for because we don't ask for it, okay? We don't get what we need because we don't ask for it. A lot of times it's because, you know, God's got so many bigger fish to fry than my little question or my little issue. And right here it says, no, no, no. God gives generously without finding fault. He wants to know. And it says that if you lack wisdom, if you ask, that it will be given to you. It's a part of that, part of that whole wonderful counselor aspect of Jesus. I don't know how many times... Uh, I've, I've asked God for wisdom in big times in my life. When Debbie and I have a major decision to make, one of the first things we do, and we do it regularly, is say, God, what is your wisdom? We don't know what the future holds. We're not omniscient. Something that looks really good today might not really be good for us tomorrow. You know that. So would you give us 
wisdom, and God has been so gracious in that. Every time somebody's come to me for counsel, you know, as a part of being a pastor, you're a counselor, and some are good at that, and others aren't. I, I don't know that I'm particularly gifted there. But what I've done over the years is when someone comes in with an issue that they need wisdom, is we'll sit down together and we'll pray. And we'll pray this prayer right here. God, according to James 1.5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, and we lack it right now, that's why we're here, that if we believe, the next verse says that you've gotta believe, you can't have a double-minded thing about this. We believe that we receive your wisdom, and so we're gonna believe that it's gonna be made known here, and God has been so gracious. Every time we felt over our head in raising four teenagers, (laughs) yeah, we've been there. Some of you are there also. We needed wisdom. Could you use some wisdom this Christmas? It's there for the asking. It's a part of the package that God is giving to you, wonderful counselor for the decisions in life. Here's second name, second name. For the demands of life, I have a mighty God. He's called mighty God. That's for the demands in life. Can anybody here use a little extra energy for the season of life that you're in right now? For instance, moms at Christmas are heroes to me. Single moms, married moms, whatever you are. If you got kids in the home, amazing. Even, even if you don't have kids in the home. I tell you what, my, uh, yesterday... We're getting ready to have all, like, we'll have about probably 40 people over for Christmas tomorrow. For me, that's not a problem. For Debbie, it's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> and uh, yesterday, she was doing last-minute gift wrapping and, you know, just going through it. And, and I wanted to volunteer, but I did that a couple of years ago. And she said, you know, I love you, but you have no clue about how to wrap a present. They look worse after you wrap them than they did before. And that was probably a purposeful thing on on my part. (laughs) But you know, moms, it it tends to fall to moms, list wrapping, redecorating, hosting, cooking, sending a card to everybody you've ever met. And then if you have little ones, even getting them together to look decent for uh, Christmas Eve service, we're just glad you're here. Mom, could you use a little extra energy this season? Christmas is especially hard for people who've experienced a loss. I know one of my friends uh, was over to his house a couple of days ago and lost his father just right before Christmas. Imagine that. Or maybe you lost somebody earlier this year. I remember the first Christmas after my mom died. I'll never forget that. You feel like you're in your own world. Everybody around you is celebrating and you're kind of in a bubble. You don't feel like celebrating, but you don't want to be the sad sack in the room. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about there. Sometimes you just want to throw up your hands and, and throw in the towel. And in times like that, you need a mighty God. You need strength that comes from somewhere other than within. I love this scripture. This is Isaiah again in chapter 40. And he says, God gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Did you know that that is a promise? God gives strength, supernatural strength to who? The weary and the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, they will, not maybe or might, they will renew their strength. In fact, it says that they will 
soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Could you use a little bit of that kind of strength this Christmas? Maybe you're going through a demand of life. Well, you know what? That's what God wants for you. That's why he sent Jesus. For the decisions in life, you have a wonderful counselor. For the demands, when you need strength, you have a mighty God. There's another name. Third name is Everlasting Father, and that's for my destiny in life. I have an Everlasting Father. Have you ever had the thought, I wonder what's next for me? Have you ever had that? Might be a, you know, uh, it, usually it's in a transition area of life. Could could be a teenager. You know, you're in you're in school, you're in high school, maybe you're a junior. You're starting to think about college. Where am I going to go? And getting together all the you know the 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 tests and all the brochures for the college, or maybe you're a senior, getting ready for that, or, and maybe people are asking you, what are you gonna major in? What do you wanna do with your life? And, and you're polite and, and say, uh, you know, I don't know, but actually inside, it kinda worries you. You're thinking, I, I, don't, I should know by now. And really, a lot of people don't know by then. Or maybe you're in college, or you've just graduated from college, and maybe you borrowed a, a bunch of money and, in order to, you know, pay for it, and now you're in the, the search for a job, or maybe you have found a job, but the job isn't in the area that you spent all that money for, and you wonder, well, what's the future going to look like for me? It could be the divorce is final, and, and it looks scary. Maybe it wasn't something that you wanted. Looks like uh, you're, you're going to have to move. Where, where do we go now? See, when you're concerned about the future, you need to remember that you have an ever- lasting father. Now, for some people, that's hard to grasp, everlasting father, because they didn't have an everlasting father. In fact, fatherlessness is one of the prevailing issues of our generation. Whether it's a father who is physically absent or one who's emotionally distant or hurtful or the lack of a father has left a noticeable mark on our society. I mean, you know all the statistics Kids from fatherless homes, five times more likely to be poor and 10 times more likely to be extremely poor. And I could go down and just give you all kinds of statistics. You can Google it and see it. We know it. Had a, um, had a young man came into my office just a few weeks ago, and I had no idea why he wanted to talk to, to me. But uh, we, we, we you know, had some small talk, and then I said, what brings you here? What's the issue? And he told me his story. He said that when he was in kindergarten, five, six years old, his dad left the scene and uh, had no input with a father from that time forward. His mother did a great job raising him. And he's one that's, uh, that's breaking that, those statistics. He's, you know, it, uh, he's, he's breaking the chain. I see so many brave uh, young adults who are doing the same thing saying, it's gonna be different in my home. Well, anyway, he's married now and his wife's pregnant and he said, I never had a father. What, what does that look like? And he took out his notebook and he said, could you give me, could you help father me for just a few minutes? I thought that, that was the biggest privilege probably of anything I've done this year. What, is, what does a father do? What does a father give? A father gives identity, identity. You know, my dad would tell me, you're a Surratt. That's your identity. And by the way, this is what Surratts do and this is what Surratts don't do. Usually the don't do was after I did do. Okay, this is, this is your identity. It's what dads give. Dads give a healthy sense of danger and challenge. 
Let's do a quiz right now. Which parent does this? When the child is about this big, they grab them and throw them as high as they can up in the air. Who does that? Dads. Yeah, kid says, Dad, he's still doing it. <laughs> they, uh, they wrestle the kids. Who gets down in the floor and wrestles the kids? I read an article about this that was very, very, very interesting. So that's a healthy part of kids learning boundaries of what's right and what's wrong. Because if dad's down wrestling him and the kid punches when he shouldn't or pinches or bites or something like that, dad goes, that's it, it's done. And those are boundaries that they know you don't go beyond that. That's what dads are good for. <laughs> dads build confidence. You go to the playground and listen to the parents. Who's encouraging the kid to swing higher? Climb higher. Ride your bike faster. Throw harder. It's dad. Who's encouraging the kids to be careful? That's mom. You need that too. But dads uh, build confidence. They prepare the kids for the future. They teach them that life has consequences. Dads are more likely to tell your kids honestly that if you aren't nice to other kids, nobody's going to want to play with you. You know, yeah, that's what a dad does. It's easy to see that there are deep-seated father wounds, dads who didn't do it well or weren't around. It makes it even more significant that one of the names of Jesus is Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. In fact, look at this verse. Isaiah 40 again. It's the verses just before the last one we read. It says, oh, Jacob, I like to, when I'm reading my Bible, I like to put Greg in there. Oh, Greg, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, or Surat family, how can you say God ignores your rights. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the what? Say it together. Everlasting God. The creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. He never walks out. He's always there. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. See, that's your everlasting father. Your father may not have provided those things. No father is perfect. But you have a father that doesn't go away, that gives you identity, that provides your life with a healthy sense of challenge, that builds your confidence and prepares you for the future. And Jesus brings that. He brings access to wisdom and strength and perfect fathering. And there's just one more. Look at this one. For the disturbances in life, I have the Prince of Peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. So let me ask you a question. What are you worried about right now? Maybe it's a wayward child or maybe it's a diagnosis that you got from the doctor recently. Maybe it's a bill you can't pay or maybe it's, you know, just the world around us, the global instability. Maybe terrorism has got you worried or the threat of nuclear war. Maybe for you it's global warming or racial tensions. Or maybe it just worries you every time the president gets on Twitter. I don't know. But look at this. Look at this. Philippians 4 and verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. He says, there is, when you receive the gift that God wants for you on, on the wish list, and you take advantage, because a lot of people just receive it, kind of check that off, and just go ahead living however they were living before. He says, when you receive it, and, and then you step into what the gift provides, then this can be a reality. 
You don't worry, but instead you pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done and then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a situation where you know, you're worried about it and so you begin to pray about it and you give it to God and your circumstances don't change one bit and yet there's something in here that there's peace. There's peace. I was talking to a hospice nurse this week and she said, when I walk into homes like the home that she walked into this week, she said, there's an incredible sense of peace. I said, is it always that way? She said, no. No, in fact, usually it's the opposite. But you know when someone has leaned into, has strong faith in God because it's real and practical for everyday circumstances. It's a peace that doesn't make sense. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. His currency is peace. If you'll pray instead of worry and do it with a sense of gratitude, he'll give you peace that doesn't make sense. Some of you need that today. So, one last question. Have you given God the one thing that's on his wish list for you this Christmas? Have you given him yourself? What, what would it look like for you? Maybe that's just simply admitting that you really do need something from God. See, as we mature, our wish lists change. You know, when we're kids, it's all about the things that you want. As we get older, it's about the things that you need. And part of maturity is recognizing that you need help. We all need help. Maybe for you it's God's wisdom in a decision. Or maybe it's God's strength for a season of life that you're in right now. Or maybe it's God's encouragement for an uncertain future. Or maybe it's God's peace for something that you're worrying about. Well, you came to the right place because it's available. Can I pray for you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for just your wisdom, your grace, your strength, the fact that you walk in and never walk out. God, we're grateful for your sense of peace. We've gathered together today from a lot of different backgrounds and maybe even parts of the country. But today we, we just wanna say yes to your gift that you've given. Pray that in the next few minutes that you would give us just a sense of honesty and sense of courage to make good choices. Father, I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.